candy shop. We speaking on things you got. Just press play and let it rock. Welcome to the candy shop. Welcome to the candy shop. We speaking on things you not. Just press play and let it rock. Welcome to the candy shop. Oh, feel like we going through mad things. Gotta keep it real when they choose not. We gon' talk about it when the news drop. Welcome to the show where you know we don't fake this. Keep your opinion to yourself if it don't make sense. Hey, 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 Podcast Nation. It is your girl, Candidly Kristen, and this is The Candid Shop, your number one destination for candid conversations. Today, I have a very special artist spotlight that I am shining on, jazz singer slash pianist and founder of Jazz for Peace, an organization that provides empowerment grants, sustainable funding, and advocacy for nonprofits, artists, and all outstanding causes worldwide to enable them to be more productive and successful, Mr. Rick De La Rata. Welcome, 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 Rick, to the Candid Shop. It is my absolute pleasure to be chatting with you today. Thank you so much, Kristen. I'm so glad to be here. And so, guys, just so you know, at the end of the show, Rick is going to bless us with some music. So stay tuned. Don't leave too soon and you'll miss the music. So Rick, when did your love affair with music and jazz specifically begin? Well, music, it kind of started when I was maybe could have been like a real toddler. I was dancing around in a circle with my <laughs> grandmother and my aunt. And we were, and I believe there was music, The you know, we were, there was music playing while we were dancing. And I believe the music coming out of the radio was something like, you know, the Beatles, I want to hold your hand or something mm -hmm. to that effect. And while I was kind of, we, you know, dancing in a circle with them holding hands and we're having so much fun, I thought, wow, I wonder if it's possible to be, grow up and be like those guys who are playing the music and bringing all that joy to mm -hmm. us, you know? I mean, who are those guys playing that music? You know what I mean? So right there, I got an interest that, you know, it might be fun to, you know, to be the ones delivering the music that was making a difference for people at that moment, you know? So that was, that was music in general. And then I think jazz kind of started, I was in a library and I kind of opened up a drawer or something by accident or who knows. And I saw all these records and I'm like, what is this? And there were so many of them and they were all these different artists. And I'm like, who are these people and why don't I know about them? Because at that point I was, you know, listening to the music on the radio and I was studying classical music because that's what, you know, the, your teacher taught you back then when you went to t stop, take lessons, they just right. teach classical music. So I had the classical music and I had the music on the radio and I'm like, what is all this? And then I started taking those records out of the library and I was like, hmm, something is up here, you know, right. and I, I need to get to the bottom of what's going on. So I really started to listen to that music from there. And I noticed that it resonated with my own personal creative interest to improvise okay. at the piano. Okay. And how old were you when you were in that library and found those records? Probably a teenager, you know, relatively young. I mean, I was in school. I could have been in middle school or okay. early high school, but probably middle school. You could have been eighth or ninth grade or something. But 
somewhere in that region. And I just happened to like stumble across it. And next thing I knew, I was like, I need to, you know, figure out what's going on here. And I started to listen to that music and take those records out, out of the library. Okay. So are you self-taught? Did you train it like Juilliard or something like that? Well, I would have to say both because okay. what happened with me was I started playing the piano mainly because I thought Santa had brought this thing into <laughs> our house when I was a kid. You know, I stayed up to watch Santa as long as I could. And I didn't want to get caught watching Santa because my parents weren't wild about that idea at all. So I kind of sneaked around the corner at some point and saw a large someone behind, you know, something large coming into the house and a heavy set, some someone heavy set at the right. back of moving it and coming through the door. And so I figured that must be Santa. And, you know, that's as good as I'm going to get without getting caught. So the next day was Christmas and there was this thing that obviously Santa had brought in. I guess he couldn't fit it down the chimney. You know, I was trying to figure out how this whole thing happened. But anyway, I was like, if Santa brought this and went through all that trouble, I better figure out what the heck it is. Right. So that kind of, and so I was figuring it out on my own and I was very happy to do that. I'm like, I'm going to figure this out on my own without anybody knowing I'll get to the bottom of it. So I'm still getting to the bottom of it. You know, oh I found it an endless journey. But it's a journey I enjoy because it just brings me, you know, it brings me constant intellectual stimulation, mm -hmm. artistry, humanity, humbleness, because it's so vast. All of these good qualities come from this journey. So I figure I might as well just keep up, you know, just just stay on the stay on the ship, you know. Good. I'm glad you did. So tell me about your creative process. Like when you write a song do you write music i do i do so i've done everything from being a songwriter just writing pop songs and stuff okay. to you know symphonic music i actually had a orchestral piece recorded by the london symphony orchestra mm -hmm. quite a long time ago and you know i could have gotten involved in that a lot of things i get involved in it's like well what's gonna happen if i how am i gonna find an orchestra to play this stuff you know but I did, I did, I was chosen by Master Musicians Collective was a label and they chose like 13 American composers to record. Each one of them had a piece recorded by the London Symphony. So, you know, that's that. But then I have a master's degree in jazz composition. So mm. I have, you know, my own jazz compositions. And then I, I arrange standards. I try to do every, I try to personalize everything I do. So, you know, if you hear me play a classic old jazz song, Hopefully you'll hear a little stamp that makes it, you know, different. My version differ from any other version. So, there, mm -hmm. you know, the compositional part comes out of me. And then improvising is kind of, in a way, it's, it's very compositional as well. All of those great, um, you know, and all the great jazz musicians, of course, were improvisers. Mm -hmm. But going all the way back, I mean, Bach, Beethoven, they were Mozart. They were all phenomenal improvisers. Okay. I love it. So... Do you just sit down and start playing and, and then the song grows organically? Or do you write the words and then put the music when you're writing something original? You know, it really depends. For example, Jazz for Peace started out as a poem. And mm. it was just a reaction to me because I happened to get a phone call. I got tipped off on 9-11 that something was going down going on down at the World Trade Center 
by someone on Wall Street. And I was, you know, the woman who called me was absolutely frazzled. And she had been, she's a photographer and had taken pictures of me the day before. And I said, you know, listen, let me, listen, just stay put. I'm going to go up on the roof and just see what's going on. Because I could see it from the roof of my building. I was on a fifth floor walk up less than a quarter of a mile from the Twin Towers. Where are you located, by the way? In New Jersey. New Jersey. Okay. So you were, yeah. So, so you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. So, yeah. So I was, I was less than a quarter of a man at the Lower East Side. You know, if you mm-hmm. live in, people live in New Jersey always, they know New York City pretty well. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So I'm down there. I go up on and I see it. And so I didn't have a piano to, you know, do anything. I'm staring at it. The only thing that I could do was write words down on a piece of paper that just came out of me anyway. So that on that situation, it started out with words. And then later I put those words to music. But, you know, it depends. It can start out as a melody and then you put the words to it. It can be a melody that never has words and just remains right. a melody. Sometimes I take a melody that someone else wrote and I write the lyrics to that. So, for example, there's a great composer who really partnered with Duke Ellington. A lot of people don't know this. You know, we know like Lennon and McCartney, right? right. Or Elton John. Elton John, you know, didn't write the words to those songs. Most really? some people know it. I don't know. You know, right? No, and I'm like, you oh, okay. Elton John So Yeah, let me tell you. So Elton John, all of Elton John's songs are melody only. And a guy named Bernie Taupin wrote all the words. If you yes. look on the records and look in the backs, it says lyrics by Bernie Taupin. Yes. So we only know Elton John, most of us, most people. But, you know, the bottom line is he wrote the, he wrote the lyrics. And it's the same with George Gershwin. There was, there was Ira Gershwin, who mm-hmm. I believe wrote all the words. And George Gershwin wrote the music. In some instances, like Duke Ellington, a lot of people don't know that Billy Strayhorn wrote the music and Duke Ellington's orchestra recorded it. So I actually wrote the words to a Billy Strayhorn piece called Ispahan. And I also wrote words to a John Coltrane piece called, uh, called uh, Lazy Bird. But like I said, in other situations, I have melodies that I wrote that have no words. So to, to answer your question, every which way, however it comes out, you know, however it comes out, whether it's only music or music first than lyrics. I don't really like, I just leave it open. I leave, right. I leave the, the funnel open for however right. it comes through. Got it. I got it. Now, since you brought up jazz for peace, I wanted to talk a little bit about that. I, you answered my one question where the idea came from, but did you envision it being then what it is now? You know, I really didn't at all. It was really just a response to 9-11. And I, you know, just remembered that here I was, we were towards the end of the day. You know, the world had obviously changed. I mean, this was going to be ramifications. And I'm sitting here with a piece of paper with words on it that I had titled Jazz for Peace. What I did do, I believe that day, was I decided hey, why don't I try? Because, you know, we're always talking the talk. I mean, there's no shortage of talking the talk, right? You go to whenever you bar stool, you can find someone talking the talk, right? But like, why don't I try living, see if I can live up to these words for a day or two, you know? Actually live up to these words because you always see people, you know, talking that talk. And here I was with some powerful words and, you know, you know, 
I figured I had lived enough to know that, you know, music was a real kind of a barrier breaker. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Mm -hmm. And it just broke. I mean, I traveled all over the world already by that time. And I had seen from my own eyes, you know, you don't have to speak the same language to okay. connect with people through music. Yeah. You don't have to be from the same culture, the same religion, the yeah. same background, the same, nothing. I mean, you could, you know, erase creed. I mean, there is absolutely nothing that, that you can't break through with music. That's so, great. and, and the, you know, the art form of jazz, uh, was our, our country's greatest gift to the world. So not, why not jazz? But what happened was, Kristen, one thing just led to another. So all I really had was a poem when the when we opened up again. And as you know, you know, we were locked down for as far as air travel and things like right. that. For, yeah, for two and a half weeks or something. It just barely opened up in time for my next, you know, high profile gig, which okay. was as the headliner at the Savannah Jazz Festival down in Georgia. And it was a big deal. So right when they opened up, I had to get to the airport quick and get on that plane and get down there. And here I was, you know, in front of 8,500 people. And I was on a podcast the other day, kind of joking around. The guy was laughing. I said, you know, Edgar Allan Poe and, you know, all those. Oh, I mean, yeah, you know, they would have been they would have been sal salivating. You know what I mean? To yeah. have the opportunity, those, you know, these great poets never had the chance that I'm sitting with, right? Because right. I'm the headliner at this festival. I'm in front of 8,500 people and I'm not even a poet, but right. I got solo, you know? So yeah. here I am that, you know, that, like I said, I'm in, I'm in a situation that Edgar Allan Poe probably never was in in his whole life, you know, no and all these other great poets. I just thought of him, but, you know, Langston Hughes, whoever, you know, forget it. They never had this opportunity, but I do. And I just read the poem. That's all in front of 8,500 people. Well, that just resonated, you know, and it resonated all the way back up to, you know, to New York State, where mm -hmm. upstate New York, where I had another high profile gig right around the beginning of October. And those promoters called me up and they're like, hey, we heard about this poem. It's just our Wow. Oh my God. It really affected people. What are you going to do? Are you going to have that? They put planted the seed. They said, are you going to put that to music by our mm. concert? You know, and they just like said, I'm like, hmm, I don't know. Maybe I don't, you know, and now all of a sudden I'm like, hmm, that's not a bad idea. You know, right. just, so I did put it to music by that time. And basically that concert was we started the concert with that mm -hmm. and when the two things happened one there was pre-product pre-promotion so i i received a call from you know that local newspaper and they wanted to ask me about the poem you know and they were asking me questions in this line the other and i just happened to say in the call i just happened to say on the top of my head i said you know if we fill our souls up with you know, creativity and artistry and humanity and intellectuality and our, our greatest, you know, our greatest qualities as human beings that we already have. If we were to fill our souls up with those greatest qualities, we would have a better chance at avoiding mm -hmm. the behavior that leads to destruction. And yeah. that got lifted all on its own, you know, and I, uh, again, I tell, I tell people, I mean, you know, we try so hard, you know, I'm, you know, I'm sure everyone, I'm sure I'm no different than you. 
We right. brought our asses off, right? To to, yeah. you know, to do our thing and mm-hmm. get nowhere sometimes, right? right. Yeah. And I said this thing off the top of my head. And if you Google Rick Delarada famous quote, it's listed on every famous quote. I didn't even know there was a famous quote website. Yeah. But all over the world, these things in all different in all different all different languages, you know what I mean, is this quote. And so that happened, you know, and I, like I said, I didn't know that was going to happen. I found out years later, I'd be looking for one thing and I couldn't find what I was looking for, but I'd find some something on Google where someone listed his favorite 50 quotes of all time. And, you know, he had me listed with, you know, all of these great, wow. you know, yeah. So it was, it was crazy. You know, he had me listed with Martin Luther King and, you know, wow. yeah, it was crazy. So, you know. Like I said, things just started to take on a life of their own. Mm-hmm. And I kind of had to a little bit of responsibility, I felt, you know, I mean, yeah. one was the responsibility to try to live up to the words of that poem. So, yeah. you know, I kept going with that, you know, but now I had a famous quote. I had a concert that I had start. you know, they had announced that I started out with Jazz for Peace. So I tried to just satisfy these little things, not knowing that once you satisfy one thing, somebody mm. else says something off the charts and now you have to kind of satisfy that, you know? Yeah. So, you know, one thing led to another. I started doing concerts around New York City. And after a while, you know, I got a letter from Michael Bloomberg, the mayor, just saying, mm. hey, you know, I've been hearing about these concerts you're doing. And I just want to tell you, we are so proud of you and all this kind of stuff, you know. I'm like, oh man, I got Solaro. Let me live up to that for a little bit. Let me get right, 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 right. you know, Now I'm right. doing it around the country and all that stuff. You know, at the 500th concert, which I was hoping maybe I could retire or something, I got one from Barack Obama. You know, and and his with ideas. So and it was incredible. I mean, the words are just unbelievable. You know, the thing is, it's like whether you, you know, we, we have our political, we like this guy, we don't like that guy. Right. Yeah. If you say something true, you know what right. I mean? I am going to try to, you know, I am going to try to acknowledge that, you know, acknowledge those words. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. you know, uh, I mean, everyone agrees that, you know, Adolf Hitler was bad news, right? But that right. doesn't mean you shouldn't be a vegan because he was a vegan. You know what I mean? Right. You, throw, you know, yeah, you're throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I have quotes from all kinds of people. And I think they're, you know, I look at the, the, the you know, his letters, phenomenal. You know, these other guys. And, and I would find, too, Republicans and Democrats showing up at my events. I remember one time mm-hmm. in Las Vegas. And I said, I thought I saw these two guys, like, arguing on tv or something you know foxes said yeah they hate each other i said what's going they said well they both they both believe in helping this outstanding cause that you are you know here to do you know what i mean mm-hmm. so that's the thing it does unite people in a positive way yes yes so when did it become jazz for peace the organization and well, what happened was, you know, truthfully, I was doing some concerts around town and one of the places I was playing was a piano factory. This guy had been a fan of mine anyway. He had come to see me at a club in New York called Birdland. And, you know, I, I had some great musicians that would play in my bands because New York has so many great musicians here. You know? And I was playing with these like superstar musicians that would play with me and, you know, Sometimes we would knock people's socks off, you know, and this guy just, he only had a piano factory and he was like, oh my God, you guys, whoa, wow. And he was like, I didn't want you to play in my piano factory. I said, well, you know, I got this thing. 
Chesterfield is great. So once, you know, I'm doing these little things in his piano factory. And one day he comes up to me, he says, you know, come into my office. I want to show you something. He says, listen, see this? This is a, what do they call it? A domain name. And mm -hmm. this is a blah, blah, blah. And you can start collegeasterpiece.org. And mm -hmm. you can do that. And he's telling me that you have your own email address. You know what I mean? So this guy kind of planted, got that started. You see what okay. I mean? And then what happened was once you got it started, it's like, okay, what is your mission statement? What do you want to do? And we had already stuff had come out of little, you know, goals and stuff. And, and I had already stated that I wanted to, you know, donate musical instruments to underprivileged children. I wanted to bring music back into the schools. And the, the benefit concert series had started. I figured we'd do a handful, you know, there's probably like at least 20 outstanding causes in New York City. You know, little did I know there were over 60,000. Right. So, yeah, I mean, it was hilarious. It really was because, you know, it was such a learning experience for me. One thing just led to another. And the next thing you know, we were kind of off to the races with these events, not only all over the country, but eventually all over the world. That's awesome. It, that's really, really awesome. I, I went on the Jazz for Peace website and I was like, okay, this is pretty amazing. Like, Grants are not loans. They don't have to be repaid. So I know right. a few nonprofit organizations that I'm going to give them the information. So that's awesome. So I know you've worked with like a ton of the great, but is there anyone you'd like to collaborate with like now? You know, right now, because of the mission of Jazz for Peace and the importance to recognize, you know, to jazz as our country's greatest gift to the world and, and the great art form that it is. I don't know if there's anybody I wouldn't like to collaborate with. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like yeah. if someone called me up out of the blue and said, hey, you know, Rick, you know, I know you might not know me. We've never met and, I, you know, yeah, you we've never worked, but I just want to tell you I re or just wrote an email to info mm -hmm. at jazzpeace.org, which is what organizations do, by the way. Hopefully, the ones right. that you will share this with, they just yes. send us a little email saying, "Hey, I reviewed a couple things and blah blah blah." And if an artist did that, I think I would basically try to find common ground and do something with hit with that artist, you know, collaborate in one way or another, whether it's assisting that artist with an artist grant, which we do do, or whether it's doing something collaboratively musical, you know, but I, I, I would definitely, I would definitely consider the, the possibility. Okay. So my next question for you is what would your, in a perfect world, your ideal concert look like? The venue, the backup musician, all of that. What would that look like for you? Or has it already happened? Well, you know, people have asked me that question and mostly my answer, generally speaking, is I really like when the magic is in the room. So in mm. other words, it doesn't mm. have to be Anything except the magic, you know, because it's no. very hard to get everything to line up when it comes to jazz or even in, in music. You know, right. there's been times when I found myself, you know, on this incredible piano, but I'm only, you know, I'm, I'm in, it's like a 50s band or something, the famous 50s band. And I'm just playing, you know, you know, something like that. You know what I mean? Got it. 
which is fine, but that's, you know, that's, wouldn't it be great if I was able to play, you know, my, do my thing as an artist? No, not, you know, then I, then I'll find myself, okay, we'll let you play whatever you want, but you got to play this piano that has like no key, you know, three keys missing, you know, it hasn't been tuned in like five years, you know, that kind of thing. Or, you know, there's a whole lot of people at this wedding that's going to pay you some great, really a lot, you know, or whatever, a bar mitzvah. I, I, you know, I don't do them now, but I used to do them when I was a kid. And, you know, w- but you can't, you know what I mean? You, We just want to hear you play, you know, the latest right. songs by Prince so we can dance or Michael Jackson or whatever. Got it. Or, you know, here's a chance to do your thing. But you know what? There's only like seven people come, you know, whatever. You know what I mean, Got it. it's hard to get it all lined up. I would, I told a story of once I was doing something for American Indians and every single thing you could imagine was going wrong. My flight was delayed. I couldn't get the rent-a-car, some problem with the, with getting the approval for some rent-a-car, something wrong with it. Then there was a traffic and there was this and there was that. I couldn't rehearse with the musicians. I didn't even know who they were. It was in New Mexico. It was on an Indian, you know, with an Indian reservation or something. Right. Like, what is going on? We finally get to the place. I walk in there and there's nothing I could do except play with the musicians. I didn't know their name. I didn't even have a chance to like greet them. Right. I, we had, they had been people, all these people were packed into this place and they had been waiting, but you know what? The magic was there. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? The mm-hmm. enthusiasm, the intensity, like you could cut the air with a chainsaw. You know what I mean? Wow. It was the end. So it was so magical. And I just remember, oh my, we played and was like, wow, this is, incredible. and the, you know, the, the people were, they were just going crazy. They, they just had bonded with the music and the mission and just everything had come together. And I'm like trying to figure out these guys' names. And I'm like, hey man, what is she? What did you say? I don't want everyone to know I don't know your name. You know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And he gives me his name and then, what about the drummer? What's his name? You know, Mr. And the guy, his name is Louis Speaking Eagle. I said, I don't want to know his pet's name. What's his name? You know what I mean? Or, no, that's his name. What? You know, sure. And I announced this. They're not going to laugh. No, that's his, you know, he was an Indian drummer. Right, right. So I, you know what I mean? But the point is, the magic is so I'll take that magic and that intensity and that magic between the, the music and the people. I will take that first and foremost, anytime. Do you know what I mean? I don't care if it's in a barn or Carnegie hall. Got it. I'll take that first and foremost. Now with that, if you can get me, you know, a Fozzie, a handmade Fazioli piano or whatever, you know, you can get me a prestigious concert hall, you know, a Carnegie hall or whatever, you know, if you can put all that together, you know what I mean? That's right. then, yeah, that's my ideal situation. Now, my With ultimate, magic. Yeah, but to, now to embellish what you're saying, my ultimate ideal situation would be to unite all of these great artists. Like you're telling me, who would I collaborate with? Mm-hmm. I'd love to do something where I could collaborate and involve all of some of the world's greatest artists with me God. and separately and whatever in some kind of a collaborative effort where we had all of that magic together and all of these great artists along with me now that would be the ultimate god all right so there what is on your horizon what's what's in your pipeline a, a tour an album a book well one thing we're doing you know i usually do things that when you hear me describe it you think i'm crazy like back like back then 
I used to tell people, you know, well, I want to, you know, I want to take this poem and then I want to, I, I want to unite Israeli Palestinians and Americans at the United Nations. And they were like, mm. oh, okay, that's nice. You're crazy, but you know, you're not crazy. You're a nice kind of crazy person. And so, you know, that's the thing. But then I did do it. You know what I mean? We did play right. the United Nations. And that's where I started to get all these letters from around the world. Years later from people resonating like, you know what? That was amazing that he did that. You know, right. even though they didn't, you know, they were late to the party. They eventually, you know. So right now I'm trying to think, what is the, what would be the greatest thing I could do right now in our time? And, you know, to, to stay along the lines of being, you know, a really nice but crazy person, I think the best thing I could do right now is protect our civil rights, mm -hmm. freedom of speech, the right for journalists to report and to do their job like they're supposed to yeah. do and report on what they see, whether or not it's popular or not, but to right. report on that and to protect innocent people in times of war, you know, mm. innocent civilians from being bombed. And all of that relates to a musical piece that I have called Free J.A. that I'll be playing for you later. And it's okay. basically a free improvisation, but it's, it's Free J.A. comes from the word jazz that is originally spelled J-A-S-S, -S, which yeah. is from a Creole word. I found this out when I went to Haiti and they had a big sign, Welcome Jazz for Peace, J-A-S-S. Oh. And then I was able to find out that that was, that was actually a Creole word. Then we took it and screwed it up and put the Z on it. <laughs> so I took the S's off, the Z's off. Now I've got free J-A, which stands for someone that we need to free, you know, because we need to protect our rights, freedom of speech and all that kind of stuff. So if I could do that, that would probably be a, a like a major contribution. So after this 37th performance of right. J-A, I got a call and the person told me, hey, you know, what you're doing and what Roger Waters is doing, Noam Chab, all these other people that are involved with me. Um, mm -hmm. They said, you know what? The New York Times has taken notice and they now want, they are calling for the release mm. of Julian Assange. So okay. the New York Times joined us and they said five other major news, you know, things. So we have made progress. But, you know, I think, yeah, if I could do that, because in all honesty, I don't want to lose our rights to freedom of speech. Right. I don't want innocent civilians being bombed. And I definitely don't want anyone who anyone who has journalistic integrity to be attacked for reporting on something that they, you know, that, that to doing their job. Right. Awesome. So that's the kind of big bite that I'm, that's the kind of big fish. That's the kind of big fish I've got on the line at the moment. Okay. Oh, that's a huge fish. I mean, I'm sure you fish. will. I'm sure you'll get it done, Rick. Thank I you. Hope so. I'm going after big game, Kristen. Yes. But I mean, why not? Why not? You know, I mean, I'm in the position where I might as well, you know, I, I it's all led up to all of my achievements have led up, given me the privilege to stand for some of our most important human rights at this time. So, so that is something I, you know, I want to do. And I, and I want people to stand with me, you know, consider the fact that, you know what, I, I hate to say it, but if once you lose those rights, mm -hmm. it's a little late in the game, because yeah, it's hard to get yeah. back. You know, and there's too much going on now with censorship and I used yeah. to see it around, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 So it's all down here. 
Yes. And I'll, I'll tell you, you don't want to wait. You don't want to be at, you don't want to be late to that party because no. when you lose those rights. It's really it's a lot easier to preserve the rights you have than try to get them back after. you Absolutely. Lose them. So Absolutely. that's where I'm at. I agree. Well, thank you so much, Rick. That is the end of the formal part of our conversation. Now we can get to the fun stuff. So we're going to play 10 candid questions. Now, these are just 10 random questions, some either or, some require a little more fleshed out answer. The only rule is you have to answer them candidly. You ready? Great. Question number one, what's your biggest pet peeve? My biggest pet peeve, Kristen, is hypocrisy. Mm. That's, you, you're the first person that ever said that. I usually get people that are made or liars. Hypocrisy. I like that a lot. Great. All right. Question number two, tea or coffee? For right this second, I'll say coffee. You know, okay. I, I, lifetime, lifetime, I have to say tea. So, you know, it depends okay. on what you mean. Do you mean like in the present or in, in the long term? What do you, if you had to pick one and you were out at any time, which would you pick? And I guess, I guess that depends on what time it is or what mood you're in, but I guess generally, which, which do you prefer? Well, right this second in the current, I, I, I possibly drink more coffee than tea, but over my lifetime, it would definitely be tea. And so, okay. you know, yeah. So right. just, right. Good nice. enough. All right, question number three. What do people misunderstand about you most? The simplicity of that 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 the that things that are that things that may seem complex about me really come from a very simple origin. Hmm. Right. All right. Question four. Cats or dogs? For me personally, right now, I'll say dogs, even though I'm not wild about those really giant dogs. You know, the ones right. that were tall. That's a bit much for me. It's like, oh, my God, that's a lot, you know. But, right. uh, you know, within reason, I do like small dogs. Okay. Question five. Tell me about the three most influential people in your life and how they impacted you. That's a tough one. Okay. Let's say. Hmm. Well, I'll start out with Chopin because okay. I think he was he was an amazingly lyrical pianist and composer and his nuance is is fantastic. And then I'll move forward up to there to I would either say Monk or John Coltrane. I'll I'll go all the way up though and say John Coltrane because okay. I think he was a transcendent and spiritual musical artist who you know was able to take the the baton from all of the music that came up to there and mm -hmm. bring it to a whole nother realm and also adds a spiritual aspect to that almost saintly in some of what he did and then i'll go from a third case i'll say somebody who was completely out of music completely I'll just, just off the top of my head, I'll say Aldous Huxley, but he mm. represents a lot of people who are just, but well, you know what I'm going to say? I'm, I'm sorry. I'm going to say Dostoevsky. Dostoevsky, okay. people that Dostoevsky, okay. Aldous Huxley types that 
you know, we're able to say quite a bit without having to play a note of music mm -hmm. that can influence a musician uh, in a humanitarian way, but also in a spiritual way, in influence yeah. spiritually. I agree. I agree. Huh. Interesting. So next question, night owl or morning person? Used to be night person. I used to be nine to five. Nine to five as a jazz musician was 9 p.m. to 5 a.m. Mm -hmm. But now I am in, I've been involved in things like alpine skiing and, you know, early morning swimming and things of that nature. So right now I'll have to say morning at the moment. Okay. Who is on your personal playlist? Okay. Let's see. Mm -hmm. I'll have to say, well, I'll, I'll have to say some of the people I already mentioned, like, you know, John Coltrane, Thelonious Monk, but also some of the other great, you know, singers and pianists and, and jazz instrumentalists, et cetera, you know, your Chick Corea's, uh, mm -hmm. you know, Herbie Hancock, who's also somewhat of a fan of jazz for peace, wrote us a wonderful letter once. And, uh, you know, Etta James, you know, was a great singer. I've, I've been singing one of her songs recently, one of the songs, one of her standards. So. So yeah, people of the, of that, of that stature. Okay. Awesome. Next question. What's your favorite curse word? If you have one. Well, it would be an Icelandic word called anskotin, which means shit, but they, the way they say it is anskotin. Nice. I'm gonna start saying that. What's one question you wished I'd ask you and how would you have answered it? Let's see. Okay. Let's say you wanted to ask me, hey, I might have a nonprofit in New Jersey that would be interested in the helpful step forward of Jazz for Peace. What do you provide and how can they get started? So I would answer that of what we provide is a, a world-class cultural event at no cost to you. So that's hmm. like a, their own fundraiser, right? But then plus... All of the staffing and the guidance and the expertise to make that event a success. So when you put both of those things together using our empowerment tree model, that's why you have the testimonials from all of our previous grant recipients. That's why they're, they're kind of, people say it's almost too good to be true. But when you put those two things together, you really, you have something that can make it a profoundly positive difference in a lot of ways, because it provides not only money, you can't throw money at something and fix the problem. And the sooner right. we learn that, the better. But it also provides important qualities like, you know, rejuvenating their supporters and expanding their donor base, getting them sponsors at the local and at the national level, publicity and awareness, new and prestigious supporters, and the sharing of fundraising techniques. And now how can they get started? They can get started by watching your, by listening to your podcast mm -hmm. and then sending an email to Jasper, to info at jazzforpeace.org. Got it. And that was, believe it or not, the 10th and final question. How can my listeners connect with you and Jazz for Peace? But you can say it again. I did. Yeah. So, so what you want to do is, you know, I, I'll embellish that. Listen to, you know, Kristen's listening to this podcast all the way through and then check out a couple things like, you know, you can go to jazzforpeace.org, which is our website. And you mm -hmm. can watch a little video that says how to get a grant in three and a half minutes. 
And boy, only three and a half minutes, you can watch that and you can send us an email. Now, for me, if you can spell my name and, and if you're, you know, if you're looking at this podcast, I'm sure you'll, you'll see my spelling a name. It's rickdelarada.com. So that's R-I-C-K-D-E-L-L-A-R-A-T-T-A.com. And you, that's a good place to start. You could even start with Rick Delarada famous quote or something mm-hmm. like that. Some of the mm-hmm. things we've already said. And just check out a few things. If you want to, you can go on Google and just type in NY Times Jazz for Peace. And you'll see a press release that announces the New York Times joining us in this fight to free Julian Assange. And then what I want you to for sure do, watch the video of Jazz for Peace live in Nigeria. Nice. I'm definitely going to do that. So, all right, Rick, this is a moment I don't know about everybody that's listening that I have been waiting for because it wouldn't be a spotlight if we did not get to hear you play something. So, Great. Now, here's the deal. Here's what I've been doing in this free JA thing, because it's free. I, it's a free form jazz thing. I just make it up. I have no idea what I'm going to play. And it's going to be unique to this moment in time to you, your show, everything. So what I do is I take a piece and I play a little bit of that to draw us into it. And then I go off to kind of hold you into the, you know, the, the, the journey that who the heck knows where it's going to end, you know, or where it's going to go. So you have, I'm giving you three choices today. You can either hear me for the song I play in the beginning. It can be a folk song. Okay. It can be a rock song like Jimi Hendrix, Mm. or it can be a song like an old standard, like Etta James. What would you choose for me to the lead in? I'm going to go with the old standard. Okay. So this is called A Sunday Kind of Love. Mm. And like I said, it was originally recorded by the great Etta James. Indeed. And then it will go into Free J.A. Yes. I want a Sunday kind of love. Love to last past Saturday night. I'd like to know it's more than love at first sight. I want a Sunday kind of Sunday dreaming nor my Sunday scheming every minute every hour every day I'm hoping to discover a certain kind of lover who can show Sunday 
I had my eyes closed. That was amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for that, for sharing your gift with me and my listeners. That was awesome. I can't wait for the world to hear this. Honestly, I really, really can't. Thank you. Wow. Okay, great. Well, I'm I'm so happy. I love to hear the joy from, you know, the the people the person that you know anyway i mean it makes me feel good your words makes me feel like we did something real good today thank you so much appreciate it i believe we did i truly do and guys all of rick's and jazz for pieces contact info links to his music will be in the show notes and rick i i really can't thank you enough for today it's been a long time coming feels like forever since we first talked and I'm just glad we got it done. Thank you for the work you do with Jazz for Peace, for your music, for all of it. Just thank you. Well, thank you, Kristen. And in the words of the immortal Sam Cooke, it's been a long time coming. Yes, indeed. <sighs> all right, guys. Don't you guys forget when you're visiting websites to visit mine at www.thecandidshop.com. Candid with a K. Listen to an episode. Drop me a review. Share the show with your friends, family, neighbors. And until next time, I want everyone out there to keep it safe, keep it healthy, and keep it candid. <laughs>